Classic Business with Michael Avery on FMR. South Africa's industrial users of gas have uh, called on the government to intervene urgently to avert a gas shortage when Sassel suspends supplies to industry in two years. Uh, Sassel, which imports liquefied natural gas or LNG from uh, the Pande and Tamane fields in Mozambique, has repeatedly warned that it will stop supplying local companies with gas starting in June of 2026. But the decision was dropped uh, as a bit of a bombshell late last year. Uh, The company imports the gas using the Romco pipeline, which runs from northern Mozambique through the east coast of South Africa into Gauteng and Secunda in Mpumalanga, as well as KZN. Uh, The pipeline uh, also branches into Maputo, delivering some of the gas for industrial consumption there. And Sassel expects its own supplies to dwindle while investment in gas infrastructure is underway at Tamani. The Industrial Gas Users Association of South Africa, IGUASA, says they're going to be devastated by the consequences, uh, certainly for manufacturers, should the gas supply dry up come June of 2026. Are we sleepwalking into another ESCOM-type crisis? Well, I'm joined now by Yaku Himan of the Industrial Gas Users Association of Southern Africa. Yaku, welcome. Could you just elaborate on the immediate repercussions South African industry might face if Sassel does suspend gas supplies as planned in June 2026? Thank you, Michael, and uh, good day to your listeners. The issue is real. Um, we have the primary manufacturing sector in South Africa, and we're really talking here about a cross-sectoral cut around steel, aluminium, packaging, chemical industry, agriculture, mining, consumer goods, bread. Um, these type of processes, after 20 years, as you can imagine, are deeply reliant on the usage of, of natural gas via pipeline. Now, Sassel, it is true, Sassel supplies this gas from Pande to Mani, and it also makes its own synthetic or byproduct gas at Secunda, which is then pumped down the Lily Transnet pipeline to KZN. Now, the implications of this is different to what we see playing out in the electricity space. Electricity plays, the, the, the electricity, whilst electricity plays out at a small decline basis, industry has the opportunity to adjust um, and and make 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 plans. The gas problem that we face is in reality a cliff. It's a hard stop. And right now, we don't have the infrastructure for the alternative, and we also don't have the um, the the alternative energy types, um, you know, available to us to 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 adapt to. So it is a real issue. The you are quite right. Sassel has made the decision um, last year. Up to this point, the problem has been known for some time. And um, up to this point, um, Sassel has always said that we will share in the available gas uh, out of Mozambique. And also, we will continue supplying gas into KZN whilst other alternatives are being developed. You know, So we are really faced with a hard stop. The consequences are real, and uh, it essentially means production stoppages. So what are those uh, practical alternatives then if Sassel... <laughs> is to go ahead with that hard stop. Are are we talking about importing LNG uh, into the country? And what would that mean from an infrastructure perspective? LNG is the new global 
oil, if I can put it that way. It, it is it is a technology that has developed over the last decade or two and, and really, really permeated the marketplaces for energy around the world. It, it's shipped in vast quantities in liquid form. And we are and will be reliant on the importation of LNG. We are currently focused on the fittest solution. There are others, but the fittest solution that we have is the developments uh, that is anticipated by Total Energy and their local partners in the port of uh, Matola. What this requires is the development of infrastructure, receiving infrastructure and a connecting pipeline into the existing system. Once you have that connection, you can start then, of course, importing and flow the gas through the system. We're also very reliant on a small piece of uh, pipeline engineering, if you wish, between the Romco and the Lilly pipeline at Secunda, which will enable gas flow down to Durban, uh, all, all the KZN industries. So this simply has to happen. The problem is we've now run out of time and we we need to commit as a country to these imports by june july this year in order to bridge this um, this uh, this this uh, shortfall coming up around about 26 so the issue is that industry is willing to take risk industry is doing what it can in order to create the marketplace but it's not sufficient we need the government to play a role in, uh, in, in in this particular solution. What is the government's role here? Is it an infrastructure role? Do we need uh, sovereign guarantees for, for some of the offtake? If there is this demand in South mm. Africa, what do we need to see in terms of decision-making by government in order for this project, which I believe is shovel-ready, to go ahead within the next four months? The project is shovel-ready, and it simply needs to reach a final investment decision, or FID, as we say. Yeah. And um, in terms of this FID, they require a certain volume throughput in order to make the volume the, the, the project feasible, but also to de-risk it, of course. Industry can contribute to about half of this requirement, about 50 petajoules, and it's willing to, to do so. What we need the government to do is to build out on this demand first and foremost, and there's two ways of doing that. It needs to give guidance on its gas to power initiatives that will ultimately require gas from this uh, from this uh, Matola system, or it needs to import electricity through ESCOM from gas to power developments in Mozambique, which would have the similar impact in terms of gas volume throughput through this uh, new infrastructure. So that's the big ask from government. The, the second one is is really to facilitate this linkage between the Romco and the Lilly pipeline to give KwaZulu-Natal absolute security. But the third one we believe is the surest way to get and the quickest way to get this everything off the ground is for government to step in with a, a sovereign guarantee to at least underwrite the infrastructure portion of this development, which is roughly uh, estimated to be about $300 million in our view. We think it's, it's an affordable move. It is a, a, a rational move by government to de-risk the, uh, the implications on the economy um, and on manufacturers. And of course, it will be in control of its gas to power uh, uh, demand, you know, through this particular system. So we do think it is a it's a plausible, surefire way to do this, but we need to move that along, of course. Why has it got to this point where you're having to be quite public about um, the urgency of the matter? I'm sure you've engaged with government and the DMRE and others 
on this issue in the past behind the scenes. Can you provide some insights into those discussions and uh, and why we haven't yet uh, seen any movement? The problem is not new. Um, we raised this issue and at the solutions, the solutions are also not new. It's it's not it's not new concepts. We we've raised this issue with all stakeholders, including Sasol, including government, uh, the DTIC, the presidency, the DMRE, uh, for the last five six years. We have engaged with government through various platforms, uh, business associations, etc in order to drive the development of a gas master plan we've provided the inputs and we've provided the short-term solutions the, the things that we are now discussing to government the problem is it it, it it hasn't taken that on board you know and 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 we haven't seen the movement or the direction or involvement at a practical level from the state on this matter that is of concern since the news broke last year that that Sasol will will essentially uh, push industry over this cliff, this gas cliff, as we refer to it. Um, it, There's been moves by the DTIC to coordinate some conversations between all the stakeholders, uh, DTIC themselves, DMRE, ESCOM, the Industrial Development Corporation, um, and and, uh, industry, Sasol, in order to facilitate some form of move, but we don't know where those conversations are heading. I have had it put to me that uh, the you know the regulator has a part to play in this, uh, in that it had set the the price at uh, something that was artificially too low to incentivize Sassel to develop uh, or increase its gas reserves, and uh, it is a sign of some regulatory failure. Do you go along with that? Um. I actually don't. I do think that the that the regulatory regime and the pricing mechanisms that are at play actually allows for all of this. I think what is what is interesting about this point is that we have never seen any solutions coming from Sassel to say, listen, we can provide you with more gas um, and and this is how much money we need to spend. The reality is we don't think there is any gas and and uh, it would appear Sassel is of the same opinion um, looking at how it has impaired its business at its last financial year. What about that recent gas reserve found in Mpumalanga, which is quite close to the Sassel plant? Um, I recall something around... Kinetico Energy and the DMRE discovering quite a big find along with the IDC, the Corhan gas mm. project. That is that is a a reality and 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 good news, I think, in general for the for the, for the South African gas industry. We of course have engaged with Kinetico extensively. The problem is is the development profile of that particular resource. Mm. Um, it is a fine balance between land access and amount of gas you can you you can extract so in other words um it would appear in order to meet the industrial type volumes that we require uh you know to address this problem that we have um the the access to land would be almost too onerous for those developers in other words you need vast tracts of 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 land to access that gas you need to sink literally thousands of boreholes to extract that gas so in other words although there is gas and i'm sure that those developers will develop it into certain niche markets at this point in time, it's not going to carry us um, around the, the industrial bulk requirements that we need by 2026. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. We, we need 
feasible short-term solutions. And one looks at uh, the brill punter discoveries made by Total off the, the Eastern Cape Coast. I guess that doesn't um, in any way uh, provide a short-term fix, uh, given the immediacy of the challenge. South Africa is blessed with significant gas resources. You know, we're seeing what is playing out um, around the coast of South Africa. I mean, uh, in fact, our neighboring countries are, are actually kicking dust, <laughs> kicking dust in our eyes as far as uh, their, their progressiveness around this is concerned. We see and read about the developments in Namibia and Mozambique. Yeah. South Africa has a single resource of gas ready now, which is like the broad butter. But you are right. Two things um, is that the, the, the benefit of having domestic gas available is, of course, significant, you know, from an economic perspective, balance of payments, pricing, cost, etc. But Leipzig Brolpada is physically disconnected from the markets currently. It, it doesn't and cannot supply gas into Gauteng or Durban or KwaZulu-Natal. And then... Um, of course, it, it is very important that we do capitalize on that resource. And this is where Petro SA has to play a very significant role in order to unlock the potential for the country. Just lastly, Yaku, um, in terms of pricing, have industrial gas customers indicated the maximum that they will pay for gas? Because I have heard that landed LNG is roughly three times the cost of the current gas price that customers are paying from Sassel. LNG is expensive, make no mistake, purely because of the supply chains are, of course, completely different. The one you're extracting from a domestic resource, a hole in the ground, you process it and you put it in a pipeline. Mm. The other one, you need to do exactly the same, but you need to make it liquid. You need to ship it around the world and then you need to store it and regasify it, you know, to, to end up with the same product. So it, it, it is a vastly different supply chain. Having said that, we have tested the price elasticity of this with an industry. Now, it is interesting to see that certain industries cannot absorb this, which is, of course, problematic. Um, purely, and, and we see them over time um, coming off gas. Most of the industries are actually saying, I can absorb this price and pass it through into my markets, whichever those markets are. Um, and there's a small sector that's actually saying, even at these prices, give me more gas because I also want to generate my own electricity, you know, just to provide me with, with uh, security of energy at that level. Right. So once you put all of this in a mix, uh, in, 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 in a big pot, then the volumes are actually quite stable. That's very interesting. And on the pricing, you know, is that right? Roughly three times the cost LNG of what we're currently paying? We get to about two times, you know, um, uh, two times at, at a delivered level, you know. So um, mm. so there's, there's various tariffs and, and, and uh, price formation elements within that, but we get to about double double the cost. Just lastly, Yaku, uh, I know the uh, the industry uh, through the, uh, the, the Industrial Gas User Association of Southern Africa uh, as a voice for the industry and the broader concerns has been getting a lot of media attention at the moment is this starting to translate into attention amongst the key decision makers are you seeing a change in tone by government yet 
It is an interesting uh, question. We're starting to note some government agencies, particularly in the financial sector, starting to uh, to uh, have discussions around options. Um, remember, many of these institutions are also exposed uh, indirectly because their clients are gas users at the end of the day. You know, so it, it, it all fits together in a big puzzle. So we are seeing some movement um, around this in terms of the uh, the responsible policy makers we actually don't know where we stand um, and uh, we hope that these these type of conversations will of course lead to lead to these practical type solutions that we require we anticipate a further round of discussions with the DTIC with all stakeholders uh, around the around the table uh, in the coming weeks but these things take time and uh, the problem is of course um, yeah. that that we that we don't have that luxury. Yeah, yeah. time is not on our side. Uh, well, we'll be following the story very closely. Yaku Himan of the Industrial Gas Users Association of South Africa talking about South Africa's impending gas cliff come June of 2026. Huge ramifications for large swathes of industrial South Africa if this is not resolved uh, expeditiously in the next four months. You're listening to Classic Business. Classic Business with Michael Avery on FMR.